This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for two fifty and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndiePolitics.org. It's a place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the state house is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it can seem like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. That's why we want you to bookmark IndiePolitics.org. At IndiePolitics.org, we bring you in-depth comprehensive coverage of the big issues facing Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better. It doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit. IndiePolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. On the show, we have not one, but two great guests for you. In just a little bit, we're going to speak with Brian Mowry. He is the newest member of the Indianapolis City County Council, and we are going to talk about this big mass transit proposal that's in front of them, and we're going to talk about getting adjusted on the uh city county council and we actually have the honor we are brian's first interview really since he has been uh, caucused into the city county council that's going to be a great guest coming up in just a little bit but before that we're going to speak with indiana state representative kurt nisley and he is the author of a controversial bill called the protection at conception bill which would essentially outlaw abortions in the state of indiana sit down with representative nisley to talk about the bill here's what he had to say Kurt, thanks for being with us today. Hey, good to be here with you, Rob. All right, so uh, the bill is protection at conception. It has gotten a lot of attention all across the state. For our audience who may be hearing about it the, uh, the first time, what is the bill? So Hoosiers have been waiting for this bill for a long time. Uh, this bill will uh, this bill says that after human life begins, we shouldn't be killing it. So uh, this bill uh, it, it reinforces what has been in the Indiana Code in the past, uh, that the Indiana Code has said that life begins at conception for several years. And so this is just the next logical step to now protect the life after it begins. Why did you feel it was important to put the bill forward now? Uh, Hoosiers have been waiting for this for a long time. Uh, ever since Roe versus Wade came down uh, 40-some years ago, uh, Hoosiers have known that that is not the federal government's role, and it was clearly wrong. Now, the Supreme Court has been wrong in the past in issues of slavery, of um, 
in, in other things, the the Supreme Court has been wrong, and they've come back and corrected themselves. And this is an opportunity for uh, the Supreme Court to change their mind. Where, where is the bill at right now? Obviously, there are huge hurdles on any bill to get it into law. So kind of where is the bill at right now, and how does this bill work itself through the legislative process? Okay. So, so the bill has been filed. It has a bill number. It's House Bill 1134. Uh, it has been assigned to the Committee of Pub on Public Policy, and it is in that committee right now uh, waiting for the chairman to call a hearing for it. How does that happen? Because people may be hearing this and saying the chairman to call a hearing, and a lot of times in a lot of bills that doesn't happen. So how is that process decided on whether a bill is going to get a hearing or not? It is up to the chairman of the committee. 100%. Uh, from what I understand, yes, <laughs> yes. Now, any kind of persuasion can be used uh, to encourage the chairman to make that decision. And that might be sending emails, that might be tweeting, it might be any form of that to say, hey, we'd like for whatever bill, whether it's yes. this bill or a bill on roads or whatever. Yes, yes. You know, I'll, I go, I talk to the chairman and ask for the hearing and explain why it's good. Uh, but when he hears from a lot of Hoosiers, uh, that also, I think, is very impactful in making that decision. Again, our guest is uh, Representative Kurt Nisley. He is, uh, we're talking about the protection at conception bill that he has. Um, okay, so did your constituents come to you and say this? You know, a lot of times legislators respond to uh, the voices of, of their people. Have Absolutely. you heard from a lot of your constituents that this oh, bill is necessary? Yes, yes. Uh, when I was running for office, uh, the thing that I put at the top of my brochures was, pro-life. And when anyone would ask me what that meant, I say, well, a, a, abortion should be abolished. Well, we should end abortion. Uh, and I had very good reception from that. That is what my community is looking for. One of the, uh, well, let's go with this. What has the reception been from some of your, your colleagues? I'm sure there's a little bit of both, right? Good, bad, and different. What are you oh, yes. hearing from your fellow oh, yes. House members? Yeah, uh, from other legislators, I've had a lot of encouragement from them. Uh, of course, it's it's early in the process, and we, you know, there's, there's possibilities of amendments coming on to it and stuff. So uh, I have a few co-authors on it who are saying, this is what we're going to do no matter what. Um, others are playing coy and saying, you know, we got to wait and see how it comes out of committee and stuff like that. Uh, but no, generally I've had good reception from fellow House members. There are at least reading through the bill and then reading people's comments on the bill, whether the comments are warranted or not, at least the public uh, concerns voiced by some people, including some of your colleagues, are that, hey, in the case of incest or rape or protection of the mother, that um, that abortion should still be legal. What do you say to those concerns? Well, remember that in, in this situation, uh, the situations you described, remember there's more than one human life involved here. And, and the goal of my bill is to protect every human life and not not choose one or the other but try to preserve both okay uh there's always an if then and if abortion happens then under your bill what happens if an abortion were to take place how is it treated okay so the uh, law enforcement would come in would gather evidence uh, the prosecutor would take the evidence and would 
decide, you know, was there a crime committed here? Uh, and then would decide who to charge with, with what charges. Uh, President Trump was broached on this topic when he was running for president and uh, expressed a view that he would like to see abortions outlawed in, in the United States. Uh, do you believe with the current Supreme Court makeup, if this bill were to pass, that this would pass a constitutional threshold? Well, first of all, we actually specifically say in the bill that the federal government has no jurisdiction in this matter. So uh, I am not really concerned about what the federal government, what a federal court would do in this, because there's specific instructions in there for Hoosiers what we should do. Um, if any ruling comes down from a federal court, it is simply null and void. Uh the chairman, who has not heard the bill yet, I believe was quoted recently in the Indy Star talking about that, uh, that it would hurt the pro-life movement. Do you believe in that, or do you believe that that is, a, is, that a, is, that is an easy out? I think this is the end of the, the pro-life movement, and not, not that it would go away, but this is the goal. This is the goal of the pro-life movement from, for, for 40 years. Uh, this is what we should be trying to do. Take us through, for somebody who might be hearing this for the first time, again, our guest is Representative uh, Curtis Nisley, and he has a bill, Protection and Conception Bill. Uh, take us through what you believe the Supreme Court said in Roe versus Wade, and as it has been interpreted now over the years, has have future courts uh, mirrored up with what the initial intent of Roe versus Wade was. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really interesting reading through the Roe versus Wade opinion because they start by saying that we cannot define when life begins because medicine, religion, and philosophy cannot tell us when life begins. And so therefore, we as judges uh, also cannot uh, decide, cannot declare when life begins. And it's really interesting because then later they come back and said, okay, it begins at viability essentially. But they go through the, the arguments, and, and what I find fascinating is they actually take a religious argument from a theologian back uh, over a thousand years ago who had this idea, and this, this was a, a, a yeah, th theologian in the early church, had the idea that life doesn't really begin at conception, but there's a quickening at some point. Uh, that was how he described it. So really, if we look at the Roe versus Wade, they used a religious argument to prove their point that they were trying to make. Now, since then, since that time, uh, medicine has come a long way. We know definitely when life begins. Life begins at conception. Uh, that's been proven by science. Uh, so it's not even a question of that. Uh, and, and so I am not making a religious argument uh, with, this, with this bill. This bill is about the science behind life. Has the Supreme Court contradicted itself over years because they've upheld certain uh, abortion bans that mm -hmm. the government, the federal government, et cetera, have put down, yet they have made it the law of the land that abortion is legal in their interpretation? Have they contradicted themselves? I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because you're putting a bill forward that would impact this, and obviously the goal is, I'm sure you, uh, from your perspective, is to make sure that this becomes public policy in the state of Indiana. So have you read through, I mean, are you trying to interpret 
something that you can get forward that will hold the test, for lack of a better term, or, or you, as you said earlier, you just you're only focused on this bill. On, on for this bill, my focus is for the state of Indiana. This is not intended to go to the Supreme Court. Give us um, some of the feedback you have received. I mean, do you get a lot of letters on this? Do you get a lot of response? I mean, and, and are they from both sides? Yes. So I, I would say that from Hoosiers, uh, it's been very supportive. From people in my district, overwhelmingly supportive of this. Uh, people have been waiting for this for a long time. So, uh, of course, other people, people are entitled to their opinion. People don't have to like this, and they are sure welcome to let me know. Uh, but I would say that the support has been really overwhelming for this. All right, we're going to come back to the bill in just a little bit. Uh, want to uh, talk briefly, uh, well, at least my intent is to talk briefly about it, but I'm sure you get a lot on this too, this proposal to raise taxes on Hoosier motorists to fund roads. I know you have spoken out that you have a lot of apprehension about doing that. Well, first of all, uh, roads roads are a fundamental uh, part of government. It's a legitimate function of government. So uh, absolutely, roads should be the highest priority uh, in our budget. Uh, two years ago, when I first got elected and came down here, I knew that there was a crisis in road funding. Uh, we did not have enough to meet the needs. And yet two years ago, we didn't address it. We focused all the extra dollars into education. And I watched that happen and said, okay, this is good. Let's, in the next budget cycle, which is this year, let's just make sure that every extra dollar goes toward road funding. Um, so th that that's where we are now. Um, there is going to, we have a good economy in Indiana. The economy's growing. We are going to have a lot of extra dollars coming in from, just from the growth in the economy. And it seems to me like every extra dollar should just be dedicated to roads. Uh, I am, I, I don't like the idea of raising taxes on Hoosiers because when we're doing that, we're telling Hoosiers that they need to tighten their belts. They have to, they have to have less money to spend for themselves. Uh, but at the same time, we have proposals out there to expand the government. And ba basically, we're loosening the belt of the state government by expanding programs uh, with the, the pre-K expansion and with regional cities uh, money and a whole lot of other things that I could bring up. Uh, the, the state has a lot of new programs that, that are being proposed this year. And I just think it's wrong for us to ask Hoosiers to tighten their belts at the same time we're loosening the belt of the state. Why don't many of your colleagues get this? Because I have seen uh, both of our representatives in Hendricks County come out in favor of this plan. And they're nice guys. They're good people. But to me, it it is, it is shocking that more House members who are supposed to represent the people, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the intent of, of government is the House is sort of the voice of the people, mm -hmm. the Senate is the you know upper chamber, but they're not hearing, from, they can't be hearing from people that, yes, please double, you know, basically double my gas tax, right? I mean, you're not hearing that, are I, you? I am not hearing that from the people in my district, and uh, but I certainly can't speak for other representatives. Uh, that's, they're, they're responsible to their their people in their district, and I can't speak for them. What would be your plan? Because obviously, as you said, there is a road funding crisis. The Americans for Prosperity have come out and said we shouldn't do anything until we use all of the sales tax on gasoline to mm -hmm. to fund the roads. I assume you start there, and then that's work definitely your way the starting. Yeah, the starting point is uh, 
we collect 7% sales tax uh, on gasoline and we only use one cent of that. So there's six cents left out there uh, to be used. And I think that, that that's the logical starting point because that would that would get us uh, where we need to be. And then also, like I said earlier, the, any new money, any growth in the economy, that money should all be dedicated toward roads until uh, – until, until we meet the needs. You mentioned the growth of government, and some things that have a lot of at least conservatives irked is that we did expand Medicaid. Mm-hmm. They call it HIP 2.0, but it is basically an expansion of Medicaid. Nobody made the state legislature do that. They did this universal, the goal of universal pre-K. It's yep. on the pilot phase, but yep. it's, it's going to expand again. Nobody made them do that. Uh, that's sort of where you're at, too. I mean, hey, look, you guys made the choice to do this, now you're going to come to people and say, we're going to take more of your money because we want to do this this growth of government. Yeah, correct. And, and can I just address that, the pre-K expansion? Uh, right now, we're in a five-year pilot program to test, to gather data, to see if this is effective or not. I just think it's not wise to break into the middle of a pilot and then expand it without even knowing what the data is. Let's let's finish the study, let's finish the pilot, and then make the decision whether or not to expand it. Again, our guest is uh, Representative Curtis Nisley. We're talking a little bit right now about the gasoline tax or the proposed tax increase and the uh, funding for, for roads. Do you believe, INDOT, when they are the, the summer study committee, when they come out and say, well, we need $1.2 billion, I have a hard time believing that, well, they said it, so we got to do it. I mean, do you believe them when they say that is the funding deficit, or do you think, would you like to take a wait-and-see approach on if that's the actual number? That was a I'm, long-winded question. Let me, okay, break, let me okay, break the question okay, down in two parts because I gave you a lot of information there. The Summer Study Committee comes out and says, based on testimony, that Indiana is a $1.2 billion road funding deficit. Now, AFP has said that it's like $440 million would be gained by moving the, the sales tax on gas over. Would you like to see that be the initial, or do you think that that, that $1.2 billion number is probably legitimate? My, my biggest concern here is that this is not additional money for roads and bridges but it's replacement money for roads and bridges. In other words, we're going to put this tax on, we're going to dedicate this money, but guess what? All the money that you used to spend on roads, now you can spend that on other stuff. All right, let's uh, get to something fun here. We've had two topics that are pretty intense. Um, Always curious what a day is like for you. Can you take us through like what an average day? I'm sure there is no average. There day. is no average day. Period. But, Every day is different and unique. But get, like today, what did you do today? What is a okay. day like for you in the state? Okay, house? today I had some friends come down from Warsaw, and we had breakfast together. And uh, g- very good. Um, having this interview now at 1:30, we're going to go into session. We're going to have a whole lot of bills on second readings, and we're going to have a lot of discussions about amendments, and then we're going to have bills on third reading. Uh, that's the final passage. Uh, interesting discussions on that stuff. Uh, we're probably going to go into caucus at some point. That's when all the Republicans in the House get together and we talk about stuff. Um, this evening, there will be a reception for somebody uh, honoring some... Do you ever sleep? <laughs> Do they ever let you sleep? Do they ever say you can go home now? We'll see you tomorrow. Th- Thursday evening is the time to go home. Uh, let's well, let's do this before we circle back. Each representative can have ten bills, right? Yes, that's, that's a thousand bills potentially right? in the house. That's 
That seems like a lot. In is the that Senate, too many? I mean, in, how in the Senate, they don't have a limit. <laughs> <laughs> is that, does that do we need to look at that? Because okay. I've thought that for several years now that there's no way you guys are getting through a thousand bills, right? There's no right, way right. if you started today you could read all thousand bills, right. right? Okay. So so remember earlier we we're talking about the chairman. Right. It's the chairman in the committees. They get to decide which bills get heard. And so when there's I what is there, six, seven hundred bills in the House uh, this session, uh, it's up to the chairman to to sort through those and make the decisions as to which ones move and which ones don't. Let's say they whittle it down to 100. There's no way you're reading 100 bills, right? I mean, can you do that? Can you get through? Because, I mean, these things are really, really, really wordy, right? Mm -hmm. So They're using the King's English, you know, <laughs> on a lot of this. Yes, it is, it is. It is. It can get really intense, especially on days when you have, you know, 20, 30 bills uh, to go through. Uh, so on the ones that make it to the House floor, uh, those are the ones that I have to pay attention to and read. I am not going to read the ones that don't get hearings and the ones that don't make it to the House. Ex I, except, an, of course, the ones that are in my committees. Yeah, absolutely. So um, You have an unenviable job. It's it's almost impossible yeah, to get yeah. through. Okay, let's circle back and close here. We're talking about protection at conception. Um, this bill is still alive, right? I mean, it's still... Well, the deadline for calling a committee hearing... Uh, is still about two or three weeks out here. Okay. And so uh, even though the chairman has said that he won't have a hearing for it, uh, there's a lot of Hoosiers who, after they heard that, uh, kind of doubled down and said, no, we want this hearing. And so I guess I'm just kind of letting it play itself out. Uh, I think the chairman, uh, he's made a few statements, but the, the statements that he's made, he's got the ability to change the bill to his liking in committee. Uh, so I guess I think there's still a chance. If people are interested in the bill, one, how can they learn more about it? And two, if they feel compelled to either way uh, urge their legislators, what's the best way to go about doing that? Well, the state website, iga.in.gov, uh, you can do a search for the bill there, uh, 1134. Bill 1134. Yeah, 1134. Okay. Uh, is, is the bill number. Uh, you can, Also on that site, there's contact information for, for all the representatives. Uh, there's phone numbers, there's email addresses. Uh, I, I would encourage every Hoosier to send an email and make a phone call to their representative and just let them know what you think about this, whether you support it or, or if you don't support it, let them know. Curtis, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it, and uh, thank you for telling us about this very important bill, regardless of where people come down on it. Big bill that would impact literally every single person in the state of Indiana. Well, thanks. Thanks, Rob. It's good being here with you. That was Indiana State Representative Kurt Nisley talking about his protection at conception bill, and that's still going to get a lot of attention in the coming weeks. We're going to take a break, hear from our underwriters. When we come back, we're going to speak with Brian Mowry. He's the newest member of the Indianapolis City County Council, and we're going to talk about mass transit and a couple of other big items coming on here in the city of Indianapolis. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty sundaes can be found on our Facebook page 
or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides childcare for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Up next on the show member of the Indianapolis City County Council, Brian Mowry. He's one of the newest members of the uh, council, just caucused in, in fact. And I had a chance to uh, sit down with Brian Mowry at the Indiana State House, caught up with him, talk about mass transit and a couple of other big issues currently facing the city of Indianapolis. Here's that conversation. Brian, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So what is it like to be on the Indianap- uh, Indianapolis City County Council? To say it's been a humbling experience does not do it justice. I, I have been honored to f- fulfill this seat and continue on the legacy that now Senator Aaron Freeman has left, left us with and continue to better the betterment of Franklin Township. So you were caucused in, which means you were elected by the precinct committee men, right? Correct. Uh, when, when, uh, when Senator Freeman was, was elected, why did you decide it was something you wanted to do? So I've been involved in politics for five or six years now, and uh, I stayed involved, was, went up from a precinct committeeman to a vice ward chair, went, worked every election, helped on every campaign in Franklin Township to get good Republican leaders in place. And once Aaron went on to the Senate, I, I was asked to, to consider this, and I gave it some thought, and I, I just knew right away, I knew after giving it thought I wanted to do this, and it was an honor to be able to do it. Now you get, what do they say, that out of the fire, frying pan into the fire or something like that? I mean, there's no learning curve for you, right? It's hit the ground running, and the ground's moving pretty fast. Indianapolis facing a lot of key issues. What do you see as some of the big issues currently facing city of uh, Indianapolis? Uh, One of the biggest issues right now is uh, what we went over last night in the the council meeting is the mass transit. I think it can be beneficial in some areas, but I don't see it being beneficial as a whole. It's riding off of getting a federal funding which hasn't been confirmed yet, and it's also taxing people that aren't even being able to use it, such as Franklin Township. Good guess is Brian Mowry with the Indianapolis uh, City County Council. Um, let's talk about mass transit. That is the big issue right now, obviously, facing you guys. There's the balancing act of saying, I know our friends in Decatur Township don't feel like they're being equally represented, don't have an equal share. How do you balance that out to say, hey, this is something that may be good for Indianapolis as a whole, but other areas maybe aren't getting quite as much benefit? 
I think when you look at Indianapolis as a whole, the infrastructure has such a demanding need and is being left un, un, unjustly treated. To say Franklin Township is even going to have to pay for this is ridiculous, I think, because we have one road, I believe, that is actually serviced by Indigo. I made a, st uh, a stance last night to let everybody know that I will be voting against this mass transit because I, I don't think it's going to be something that's beneficial to us. Have you gotten a lot of citizen feedback on this topic? I have, yes. I've had a lot of people reaching out very much uh, against voting against the uh, transit. It reminds me of that line in uh, Die Hard, Welcome to the Party, pal, right? You yeah. Know, you get there right there, and now you got this huge issue yeah, to vote on. Yeah, exactly. It's the best way to do it is just dive right in, which I've been happy to do. Now, when you get uh, caucused in or elected, does, like, the mayor call you and say, welcome to the welcome to the team, or what? what is that like? So, uh, ironically enough, I just left lunch with the mayor. Oh, okay, uh, great. Yeah. He, so I've met him before a few times before this lunch, but it was a nice uh, John Wessler, who was also caucused in when I was, we both had lunch with the mayor today, and it was nice to just kind of sit down and meet and greet with everybody on a more informal, personal level. What do you talk about with the mayor? Do you call him Mr. Mayor? You know, how does that go? <laughs> that one is, uh, I usually try to call him Mayor or Mayor Hogsett, just to try to show respect out of that, and I think it's important that we do that. Um, it, what we talked, we didn't really have much of a direction on the conversation. It was more of just sitting down, meeting and greeting, and getting to know one another. It was nice. Uh, it wasn't all business. It was just kind of just form, un informal. Nice meeting. You know, we're here in the State House uh, taping this today, and it's probably a pretty big honor for you to realize, you know, hey, City Council, you know, you guys are in charge of making this area around here nice because people from all over the state come here. And that's a, that's a huge, uh, that's a huge uh, honor, I'm sure, but also a huge responsibility. Absolutely. It's an incredible honor to know that I can contribute to keeping this area beautiful and knowing that the State House here is going to keep, keep be kept up well and remain beautiful as it has. Now, Brian, you're, you're a young guy. How old are you? I'm 27. 27. So. so, see, I start to feel like the old guy now. I'm <laughs> in my early 30s. But you're a young guy. It's a nice voice to have young people represented, especially in a major metropolitan area. You're probably looking to maybe inspire some young people to, to join you. Absolutely. That was one of the things I did speak with at, with the mayor at, at lunch today. It was, I want to help usher in the next generation. I think we have a lot of great talent as far as the people that have come before us. But I think it's time to start looking to the next generation and knowing that we have leadership still in place. Now, I'm always curious how young people get involved in politics. What interested you? Like, if you was something when you were young or something you kind of took an interest on later in life? Uh, I've always been had an interest in politics. I, I never knew where it would take me. I've always, I'm, I've always told everybody, if you told me six months ago this is where I would be today, I would call you crazy. I, I would have never thought that. And it's just been such a blessing and an honor to be able to be here today. Getting over with uh, Brian Mowry of the Indianapolis City County Council. Would be safe to call you the newest member of the, the, the council? Junior, junior member. <laughs> All right. So obviously city government, much different than town government, which, uh, you know, is a whole different animal. You've got to work with the mayor. You've got a different bureaucracy to deal with. Do you hit the ground running? Do you, do you stay back for a while? What, you know, how do you kind of plan to take over these first six months? So being that we kind of took over in a transition almost with our previous counselors leaving to go to the Senate, I've just tried to hit the ground running as fast as possible because I don't think there's, there's going to be a learning curve no matter who is in there. And to be able to tackle that right away and get jump right in is the key to all this. What issues interest you? Obviously, right now we're talking about mass transit. That's the big one that you inherit on your plate. But as time goes on, what are some areas you kind of want to delve into? Uh, definitely the infrastructure and seeing however I can Good help luck. out. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. 
and seeing however I can help out with the school system with all the housing boom that's been going on in Franklin Township. Yeah, now let's kind of hop back to where we started from. Obviously, as you're talking about representing Franklin Township, Indianapolis is this huge, giant, you know, conglomeration. Um, is that tough? Is that tough to find a balancing act of saying, hey, I represent Franklin Township, but sometimes what's good for downtown Indianapolis is good for the outlying areas? You know, how do you, how do you balance that? There's 25 districts in the council, and each district has its own representative to ensure that their district is met with proper representation and knowing that they are being represented well. I'm tasked with representing Franklin Township, so Franklin Township is where I leave my concern at. That's a great answer. Um, what do your friends think? I mean, that's pretty cool, right? You're yeah. on the Indianapolis City County Council. It's been, it's been a humbling experience. My friends have been great. They've uh, supported me all along the way, and I, they've been great. I've been getting them involved now even more so. We've talked on the, this program before with different folks that were elected via caucus, and I say it's like a... It's like a steel cage match. It's a lot of fun to watch if you're just sitting there watching it. It's, uh, it's really uh, hard to be involved in. Um, what was that like? Because you got to stand up and give a speech, and then uh, I'm sure it probably took multiple votes to get, to get through the process. So when we had my caucus, it was pretty nerve-wracking for being the first time I've been into an election forum like that. you've never run for office before, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah this is the first time. Um, being able to do that was was just an awesome experience, and we actually only had to go one vote for my caucus. Oh, so you got off easy. Yeah, <laughs> I got lucky. I think we were all ready to go multiple rounds, right. but we got all completed in one. How do you prepare for that? You, have, you give a speech, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. So I just looked at what I think is the key issues that I've heard from being involved with the, with the party and with the Franklin Township, what everyone has told me and what they've said, and kind of based what I think needs to be done and ensure that I can do that. It's probably an honor, too, to think that your peers said on one ballot, you said, what, six, six people running? Is that right? We're running? Something like yeah. that, yeah. That on the first ballot, they said 50% plus, at least 50% plus one said, you're the guy. Yeah, it was, that was the thing I think I was humbled and honored by the most is the fact that so many people believe in me and supported me. And I, I tell everybody, and I make no secret of it, that I have the best support team in Franklin Township there is. Now one of the key areas for Indianapolis is tourist attraction, whether it's people coming in from the donut counties to spend money at a, a sporting event or people coming in for conventions and things like that. How does Indianapolis continue to build upon its reputation as being a great place to, to spend an evening, to spend a weekend to, to come to? Absolutely. I think keeping our city beautiful and knowing that we're going to keep bringing in this tourism and these people to come to these conventions, sporting events, whatever it may be, is vital to knowing that our city is going to be in well taken care of. Now, you, I'm sure you've been told this before, you look the part. You're out of central casting as, you know, in the John Kennedy mold of being a great uh, looking politician. Um, a lot of people saying, hey, maybe we'll see a future for you, maybe a mayor Maori someday, right? Well, uh, I, right now I'm kind of taking it day by day. I don't know how much of a politician I would call myself. I just think of me as Brian from Franklin Township, I don't think necessarily much of it being a politician, just someone that can represent Franklin Township. Now, uh, looking into learning about you before this interview, you're very uh, open to your constituents. If people want to contact you, whether they're actually a Franklin Township constituent or just an Indianapolis constituent, uh, how can they go about doing that? Absolutely. Uh, anybody can get in contact with me through my email, MalryBrian at yahoo.com. Great. I want to keep a full contact line for everybody that needs me. I, I've I've always watched the old days with the presidencies when they used to hold open door sessions and have the general public just come up to his desk. And it's something I would like to see happen. I understand why it would not happen anymore, but 
um, I like to be as open to anyone that wants to you well I feel really honored because you said we're one of the first interviews you've done right since you were elected correct yes this is well Brian thanks for being with us we know you're gonna do great on the uh, City Council and represent us very well there um, so thanks for being with us today thank you for having me it's uh, been an honor that was Brian Mowry of the Indianapolis City County Council we're gonna take another quick break here from our underwriters when we come back we'll wrap up today's show you're listening to Central Indiana today Rob Kendall here speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring Donald what is Impact Youth Mentoring Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information? You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Special thanks to Indiana State Representative Curtis Nisley as well as Brian Mowry from the Indianapolis City County Council. They were our guests today. And don't forget, if you missed any part of either conversation, you can check out a podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. All you have to do is search Central Indiana Today. And uh, you can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want, totally free of charge. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5.00. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group.
Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndyPolitics.org. It's a place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the State House is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it can seem like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. That's why we want you to bookmark IndyPolitics.org. At IndyPolitics.org, we bring you in-depth, comprehensive coverage of the big issues facing Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit, indypolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 9.30. More information about our flavors and specialty Sundays can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides childcare for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. Rob Kendall here, speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information... You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.